seen a lot of uh, Scottish football on television uh, back in Holland. And uh, of course, uh, you see a fantastic uh, arena here. So, I mean, it was, it was uh, interesting to come to uh, Scotland uh, and play for Celtic. Hello and welcome to a brand new Final Minute Celtic podcast. My name is Lawrence Donigan and I'm joined this week, as I'm joined every week, by my good pal co my good pal co host, Mr. Remy McSwain. Remy, how are you doing, pal? I'm, I'm all right. I, I can't believe we're doing a podcast. Does that mean Lennon's resigned? Uh, very, very good. Uh, you will crack on because uh, I was just chatting to him there. Just, uh, what, Lennon? No, no. I see. Is he in for the Ipswich job? <laughs> Poor Ipswich. That's not going to happen, is it? I saw I read something earlier on that he might be... He's not getting the Ipswich job, is he? Has that been announced? No, nothing's been announced. All has been... He's interested in it, so... All right, okay. Who knows? The, uh, 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 the original and best... You know, I don't like to tell him this, uh, but it probably is. Uh, the Celtic Underground podcast. I haven't seen it for a while, so we thought we'd give up... Uh, give a call to the main man, or one of the two main men, uh, Harry Brady. How you doing, Harry? Uh, do you know, I always enjoy covering your podcast because it feels like I'm on the BBC because it's the only other place in my life where before something starts recording, somebody says, can I just check your levels? You do you go. want to tell me what you have for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're far more professional than we are in Celtic Underground, checking oh. levels. The, uh, you, you've just compared to Kay, Kay Adams there. Uh, straight in, straight in. That's, he, he can't, that's not, not a compliment, I would say. He's uh, obsessed with Kay Adams. It's really weird, isn't it? It's kind of creepy. Are you, are you going to go into, is it the Catholic school's fault of COVID and stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, anyway, Harry, what's going on? Uh, I heard you, did I hear you on the Graham Spears show a couple of weeks ago? Was that you? Yeah, I've been on Graham's thing a couple of times. Uh, I, I like Graham. It's uh, very good. Was, um, and, and two things. One of the first times we ever did any press stuff, he was very pleasant and friendly to yes. us. And uh, and came out over out of his way to come and talk to us and ask what fans were doing in the press thing. So uh, liked him there. And then yeah, I find him quite uh, balanced. And he's you know I subscribe to his podcast and I, he's got he as do does I. a lot of content and good guests. I I, yeah, I quite like I quite like the use of Graham the my mate Graham. Graham. The um, <laughs> I subscribe as well. And I found myself listening to we were in the car or driving back on Sunday, and Maggie's like, "What on earth are you listening to?" It was a podcast about Falkirk, the the managerial upheaval at Falkirk. Uh, I thought it was very entertaining. He, Spears, he's yeah, I was going to say that must have been fascinating. It was. No, honestly, see if you get an opportunity, go on YouTube and look up the Falkirk AGM yes. that happened. Oh, I've seen that. That is brilliant. That is brilliant. They were talking about that, and what a terrible mistake! Not only was it to have a fans forum, and but to upload it onto YouTube. <laughs> I mean, what a you know how to make your club a laughing stock. Um, so welcome, welcome back to the By the Minute Falkirk podcast. There you go. Uh, anyway, well, uh, lots to talk about. That's why we're having a podcast. But I guess the first thing we should talk about is the team and the performances. We are now three, three months, four months into Ange Ball, Harry. What's your uh, what's your assessment? I I find it most enjoyable to watch Celtic games. Really, really enjoyable to watch Celtic games. Even the games where we only we only win by a goal. The whole time you think the team's got a goal threat, and it's exciting to watch. Um, somebody was just telling me actually bit of an insight. The the culture within the team really dramatically changed the day Joe Hart walked into the dressing room. Is that right? Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. 
I I think I read or heard somewhere that uh, he was very much uh he was very much an Ange um, signing, and that uh, he fitted into again. If you, I'm a big listener to podcasts and all that kind of stuff on development and culture, Ange one of the things I don't think Ange talks about that much, but I think culture is a big a big side of uh, of what he. Uh, what he looks after as a as a coach slash manager so interesting that makes complete sense he's been a great really good addition certainly the best goalie we've had since Foster uh, obviously yeah yeah yep. and it, and it makes it makes sense just the very principle of I'm building a team from nothing I mean it was I had a WhatsApp conversation with someone uh, the other night about basically when Ange started he had two first team starters and Callum McGregor and James Forrest. That was basically his squad that he inherited. Two first eleven players, and so you, you can you can understand the principle of right. I need a really strong. I, I, I need someone to sort out this defence. I need a really strong personality because I need to focus he, he, on he, he, the whole come team. Come on, he, come on. He, that's a myth. He had way more than two. He had Turnbull. He had Taylor. He had Rogic. There's a As I say, that... two guaranteed first team starters no. in Callum McGregor no. and James Forrest. No. And Forrest Tumble Stephen T- Pearson. I don't, I'm not a big fan of Tumble, but he was a first team player. No, Frank I'm not saying they weren't first team players. I'm saying, player I'm saying first team quality players. He knew, he knew Christie was on his way out. He knew Aya was on his way out. He knew Edward was on his yeah. way out. But the point being, you go and say, you you go and you say, I want a really really experienced guy that I can just stick and say, you need, I need you to take charge of of the back four. So you can see the logic yeah. in it, getting a strong oh, person. I think Hart has been a tremendous signing. I mean, he's 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 got a rick in him, but he he pulls off some phenomenal saves. Um, he's to me, he's the captain on the pitch without being the official captain, and uh, you're really confident that he is going to pull off a save. Uh, a big save every game which we've not had that in the last season um, and he's been a brilliant signing so far The uh, just sticking with the before we get into arguing about individuals sticking with the the way the team are playing I, I agree with you Harry um, Rem to me when I watch this team I, I, it just reminds me so much of the Tommy Burns era Celtic am I is that just nonsense from me or is my memory no, probably, probably isn't nonsense because it if you want to take the cynical look, uh, uh, look at it. Tommy Burns' team, for all their entertaining, drew too many games that they should have won. And uh, unfortunately, so far, I am not as enthusiastic as oh, Harry. Um, he's, there are some great games. Sunday was tremendous. Sunday was the best performance in the league all season because that was a 90-minute performance. Last week against Hearts, we got a 45-minute performance. Livingston, a few weeks ago, we got 90 minutes of utter muck. So it's still a work in progress. Um, when it catches fire, it's tremendous. But when it doesn't catch, it's not so good. The, uh, cause you and were, that's a team. You were... Um... I mean, I'm surprised you're still sticking with us. You were kind of pretty down when Ange got appointed. Uh, he hasn't changed your mind at all. He's still going to stick with no. us. What's he won? He's, he's, it's, it's too early to say. Right? We've, not, we've not. I expect us to win the cup final. You know, we need to be. We need to win in January the second, and then I'll maybe be convinced. And that, and by 
but we need to win the games before then so that we are either one point ahead behind them or ahead of them. He needs to win those games. The um, any other particular players that you've you've been struck by, Harry? That you, you obviously, I mean, the kind of obvious obvious ones, you know, um, uh, Kyogo, uh, Yota, Hart. Been a Starfelt lot. was Starfelt was well, come on to be a cracking game. The, he, uh, he really looks like a good defender. Well, to me, that's the, the the developer start felt since that we had that two that two international breaks ago. Uh, they were off for two weeks, and it looked to me like Ange got a hold of Starfelt and he tra- basically transformed him in two weeks. I think he uh, again. This kind of adds to. The, I can't believe Rem that you'd be, still be so down on Postacoglu. Uh, not I mean, down on him, but I'm not. I'm not completely sold by him. Um, it's too early. I'm saying Sunday was phenomenal, brilliant performance, but that's not what we're getting served up every week. And now no football team can play like that every week. But we don't have. There are games where we do not have relentless play, and we there have been games where we've created hardly any chances whatsoever. And that's just a fact. Well. Well, I guess you're told you've you've raised we've, it. You've come up with Lawrence, Lawrence, we've failed to beat Livingston twice this well, season. Well, hang on a we've second. failed to score a goal against them in two games. That is not good. Um yeah, you've picked out two games, you've picked out two performances. Uh, you've failed to pick out other performances. Uh Yeah, well, I can pick out two more losses in the league for you and I can pick out a draw at home with Dundee United. Um but uh Harry, I mean he's he's been miserable here, isn't he? I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. I actually, I can't, I can't be asked with that type of miserable attitude, to be frank. No. Um, be- because fine. see against Livingston, see against Livingston. The issue against Livingston, we had in the first half alone 19 crosses into the box. So in terms of the point about the style of play being dross, style of play was actually quite good. The issue was the execution by individuals. So that's the, the game. play dross. No. I have not said that. that was that. So that was the. So that so that was the game that really I was sitting watching that game because Rogic was out and Turnbull was playing as the number ten in that game. We had we had McGregor beat on and Turnbull, and that was the game I was watching. I was thinking there's something something going on here that I've I've seen before, and I realised Turnbull's not got. He's got sideway passes. Yes. He didn't have anything create. I, I, I don't. I, what I mean is he didn't have anything creative that unlocked the door that you need for a number 10. He has... Like Rogic does, obviously. Yeah, he has... Rogic can play in the half turn and can use both feet. Turnbull yeah. can't. Turnbull's got 12 shots a season, but that, that scores fantastic goals. And, and you know, and hopefully he's got other attributes will come. But I was, I was watching thinking, what is this that's missing here? It's that additional X factor that lifts you from being... A guy who's too good for Motherwell to a guy who's good enough for Celtic. There is a difference, and and for, so Stephen Pearson had that. Stephen Pearson was, and that's, and I only picked Stephen Pearson because we signed him from Motherwell. He was very, and and he was direct, and he had a shot on goal. And I thought, you're 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 a version of Stephen Pearson, a guy who's far too good for Motherwell, but you don't have that X factor to be a first eleven player that's going to be taking Celtic where I want Celtic to go. And that's nothing. I agree. I agree. And one of the problems you then, if you take that to the next logical step, he started every game this season. 
Because the manager signed 12 players in the summer and has got another transfer window coming up where he's going to sign players and then probably a summer transfer window where he signs more players because he had such a death of talent that he was dealing with. If you look at the squad that he played in a handful in the first games, you mentioned the Dundee United one. Well, and look at the squad that we had at that point compared to, to where we are now and people embedding. I mean, we talk about Starfield. Who'd have thought a guy who had been playing his career 5,000 miles away, four time zones away, might take more than a handful of games to settle into a completely different club and culture time zone and, and, and diet and everything? Who'd have thought that? And I have it's like I think Starfelt's a really good no, player. No, I'm just saying I, I get really frustrated at supporters who judge. They, they, I mean, people could accuse me of doing this with Turnbull, but I would say I've, I've, I've now had him at Celtic for 18 months. They make a definitive judgment on a new signing within two games. The, Taking uh, no consideration of Starfelt's 5,000 mile, four time zones journey from, from one place to the other, where... I don't know if he's got a partner. His partner might not be settled. You know, he's different sleep zones. And there's 101 things that are going to Im- impact on him. You need to give people time. And as you've quite rightly said, Remy's t- coming into a game. The, uh, we're missing yep, three. I think he's going to, I think he's got, I think him and Carter Vickers are really solid. Uh, and, you know, and with heart behind them, they have really impressed me. Uh, defensively, I think we're pretty good. Um, I just, we're lacking in midfield. And Turnbull is one of the problems for me, as is the, you know, McGregor. What what's his best position? Well, it's pretty obvious. It's a six. Um, yeah, but he's been playing as an eight and a ten. Well, that's, that's well. Hang on a second. Well, the, the problem really isn't the the personnel that we have. It's the personnel that we don't have. You know, McGregor is playing uh, was playing advanced simply because Rogic was out. Uh, but. Uh, We've mentioned three players, and this i mean, this is why I can't... You're dead right, Harry. This misery about uh, Posta Coglu. What's miserable We've just watched four months of the best football... Se- but I think... It, oh, I, God, I, what, four I, can I finish? I, I, I wasn't months. finished. Let me finish the sentence. Right, you've come on, right? And you've, you've basically slaughtered them. This is the best football... Oh, we, I'm not finished. This is the best football we've seen since... Uh, Rogers' first season and at times it's been much better the performances in Europe have certainly been much better um, we've mentioned three players we've mentioned Rogic, we've mentioned Starfield and we've mentioned uh, Turnbull well, sorry, sorry, sorry I- I'm going to you cannot compare Rogers' first season in Europe to Postacoglu's Rogers was in the Champions League it's I'm a ta- different level but I'm talking about in terms of how we've been set up in these matches how we've been coached uh, we've actually competed in these are you, matches. Now saying, are, you, are you now saying, well, in Rogers' first season, Lawrence, we drew twice with Man City. Yeah, hang so on a second. That, hang on a second. That was the one. That was one performance. The second game you can forget because performed. hang on a second. That the second game was a dead rubber. Manchester City never showed up. They weren't trying. Okay, the first game right. I'll give you. Bayer Leverkusen didn't play their full team against us, and neither did. Neither did Real Betis, and he lost both games from a leading position. Well, 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 from a leading position. When did we ever go away in Rodgers' first season in Europe? Go away and compete Lons, against Lons. last season and a disastrous season under Lennon. We went two 0 up AAC Milan. People are just going over the score about what he's not achieved anything yet, right? 
That's all but, I'm right, saying. Stop, stop a minute. Okay, right, no, stop a minute. Yeah, hang on a second. Well, hang on a second. Well, depends. How do you define it? I mean, what are your parameters for achievement? Is changing the culture? Oh, I, hang I, on I, a second. No, is changing no. the culture an achievement? Is dramatically changing the, the culture of the team an achievement? Okay, yes. Is, 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 uh, is being a credible presence in, this, in, the, in front of the media, uh, not taking any crap from anybody, sticking up for the club okay. in all circumstances, okay. is that an advancement? Would you cut? Would, would, would it be taking start? Would it be taking Tom Rogic and transforming a player who was leaving? By the way, was leaving. Postacoglu's come in. Have you seen the amount? I've, again, I listened to the old stats podcast. They're all very good. The Huddle Breakdown. I thoroughly recommend it. Have you seen Roger uh, Rogic's uh, pressing stats? He's turned. He's turned. Tom Rogic and somebody who presses. He's taking. Rogic was brilliant on Sunday. Well, brilliant. Yeah, but but, and but he was pretty good. He was pretty good against Hearts. Although he disappeared for about twenty minutes, he came back into the game when he's second wind. Tom Rogic had a month where he was absolutely hopeless. Did you see? I, I, I must have missed that month. I must have missed the matches that month. I missed it because you're kind of be watching it. The, uh, because he's not. He was brilliant on Sunday. He was unplayable on Sunday. I believe that was his first goal of the season. Um, but, but meanwhile, but going back to uh, Angie's uh, lack of achievement, so he's changed the team culture. He's changed the presence and media presence of the club. Uh, he has transformed the way we play. He has given us an identity, a clear identity of a Celtic, you know, a Celtic team. Not only is it a clear identity, it's actually an identity, identity that, that echoes to the history of the club. And he's done that in the space of three or four months. I think that's a lot of progress and a lot to be uh, to be content about. He's not won a trophy yet. He hasn't had a chance to win a trophy yet, but he's got us to a final. I believe he will win a trophy. Um, and as I say, once I see him winning against them on January the 2nd, I will be more behind them. But as yet, it's too early to call for me. We when I can put my fingers in the ha- in the holes in his hands, <laughs> then I will believe. You Catholics, you're always bloody bring religion in there. I don't care. <laughs> my name's not Thomas. I'm not convinced yet. Uh, the other and th- I watched the game as well. Um, the other thing is, uh, in terms of coaching individual personnel, as I say, Roger he has transformed. The rumour is he doesn't coach individual personnel. He does the team, the group. That's the rumour. Uh, well... Uh, it doesn't look like it I mean, because no, I'm talk, sure it doesn't talk, maybe John Kennedy is doing stuff I don't know uh, I don't know it's a rumour he doesn't do individual coaching well well, Tom Rogic hasn't spontaneously turned into a guy who presses the ball uh, that you know that comes from our coaches Lawrence you know I'm just saying we've, we do he, he, he has tried to play a style yes, yes but, the, but, but hang, hang on off, a second when the, it comes off it is fantastic the, the, when the, it doesn't it's not so good the uh, the development to break teams down at Celtic Park who sit in the um the development of individual players that's a that comes if he's not doing it himself that certainly comes at his instruction so there's another achievement we can notch that he's one the up manager as well. he's manager he gets he will get the praise and he'll get you know even if it was all totally down to John Kennedy. And I'm not saying it is. It's still Postecoglou. It's a manager, so he gets the praise for the good things, and he also gets the criticism for the bad things, which might not be down to him. Like we still can't defend corners very well. You know, there are there are signs of progress, but I am not all in on them yet. We found one, Harry. One a Celtic fan who's not all in on Ange. 
know loads. Uh, well, I know loads. Oh, I bet you do. Yeah. The um, while we're on the subject, Stump has got all the teams as well. The uh, a bit of a word. Of, am I? I'll probably get slaughtered here. A word of praise for the uh, the board that appointed Ange Postecoglou. Now, is that? Uh, the difficulty is finding who takes the credit for it. Dermot or Peter? Or Dom? Because they've all said uh, they take the credit for it at some point. I, I know it wasn't the latter, let's be honest. It was, Andrew was talking about it. Uh, did you, I don't know if you listened to the Australian radio interview. It was really interesting, actually. Um Talking about you know why why he went to Celtic and he mentioned that he was interviewed with the key personnel. He didn't mention any names. <laughs> well, that was... well he, he, he let it out of the bag when Mackay left, and he basically said it wasn't really him that appointed me. Um... Oh, we all know it wasn't Mackay. Mackay uh... had to you know he had to sell it because he was the chief exec. I don't have an issue with that, but he didn't appoint him. Um, he, he, here, Harry, you'll know because you're right in with the, the bricks here. The uh... Do we, have we got to the bottom of the Don Mackay thing? Uh, have we ever got to the bottom of that? What what happened? Why he left? Was he fired? Why was he fired? Um, no, we've not got to the bottom of it, actually. Oh. And the strange thing is, nobody asked about it at the AGM. We appointed, we, we hired headhunters who then appointed, who recommended Don Mackay, went through a re- recruitment process, had him hanging around the building, we, we we agreed an early termination to his contract with the SRU to get him in early. And then he was formally in the job just on his own for a month. And nobody asked the chairman how that uh, why that happened at the AGM. Now, I was at the AGM and I never asked it either, but I tend to, I'm too busy tweeting. That's my excuse for not doing it. Nobody <laughs> asked at the AGM. I mean, it's the oddest thing that not one person asked that question. Uh, that was an odd. Uh, I didn't even know the AGM was taking place, but uh, there you go. Um, was there anything notable from again? This is old news, and we'll move on very quickly. Anything notable from the AGM, uh, Harry? Uh, yeah, the 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 room voted against the reappointment of every main board director. Yeah, but that's not how it works, though, is it? No, no, it's a no. But, but normally, normally, board. I'm one of. I'm one of a maximum of two other people. <laughs> Whatever the year who votes you... against Tom Allison. No, I always vote against Tom Allison, uh-huh. and I vote against Ian Bankier. Just nothing personal. They've just been in the job too long. Anybody who knows anything about good corporate governance of a PLC uh, would know that uh, they themselves, uh, those the three of the, Brian Wilson, Tom Allison, and Ian Bankier, if they had any respect for their role as a protectorate in a PLC of the interests of the large, of the wider shareholder shareholding, they would have stepped down some time ago. Did uh, they didn't nobody praised the board for point nine's post the call, did they? No. Uh, oh my god, I think uh, Remy's just dropped off here. I think he's he's mad about us. Quite no, well. oh, you're there. Oh, right. The uh, no, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. The uh, here I want to jump on ahead here. It's hard to know there've been so many games since the last one, but I want to start with the Hearts game last week. Um, the uh, which we won one nil. I I must have been watching a different game because apparently Hearts were were robbed. And did I <laughs> did, did I uh, did I miss something, Remy? Oh, you've been following you and Murray's 
Twitter oh, account. Oh my God, it's been. I mean, if you if you listen, if you believed the Scottish media, Kyogo was fifteen yards offside, and uh, the linesman cheated to uh, give us a goal that everybody in the ground knew wasn't a goal. Even Craig Gordon thought it was a goal until he saw it in the big screen. The uh, Gary Mackay, Nielsen, the comedy moment I think night I think was Nielsen getting booked for Gary Mackay Stevens penalty claim when they tripped himself up. That was funny. That was funny. Right. So Nielsen, I mean, he, he he looks as if he's been dragged through a hedge. You know, he looks as if he's nicked his clothes off a tramp. He hasn't got a clue about football. You know, Craig Gordon is a horrible, horrible guy. I think it was quite noticeable last week, end of the game. You know, usually when you play against one of your old teammates, there's all hugs and chats and handshakes. Everything was very perfunctory with Gordon. I'm guessing he wasn't a very popular player with the guys that knew him. And we deserved to win pretty convincingly last week. I'm, at the game, I thought Kyogo was probably offside. My mate beside me thought he was onside. That's how close it was. Nobody could tell. And there's been no definitive TV angle to say that he was offside. I mean, I can see why people think he was offside, but some of the people who think he was offside don't know the offside rule. But to me, he may have just slightly mistimed his run, but it was marginal. It was inches. And I believe the rule is, if it's marginal, the attacker gets the benefit of the doubt. And we don't have VAR. And laughably, there's now a comp- uh, campaign for VAR, which I hope we get it because uh, it, it will not do. It won't be. It won't go against Celtic. No. The amount of penalties and we don't get, and we don't tend to get a lot of offside goals, unlike other clubs. I, I can't. I couldn't believe the media overkill about that goal, and you know the the Suter incident. You know Kyogo being a cheat. It's just pathetic. The um, speaking of uh, Harry Var, I mean you're across the financial side. Is that I? I thought it had already been agreed in Scotland. Well, evidently not. Is it? Uh, we can't afford it. Is that right? Well, no, but the, the issue is the number of cameras. But as far as I can say, as far as I understand, it's been agreed. Now I've heard some. So somebody told me it's been agreed from the start of next season, and somebody else has told me it's coming in after the Qatar World Cup. Um, you know how that's next winter. So, so they're going to put that in mid-season. So yeah, that to me makes no sense. Year. So start bit, having it at the start of the season yeah. would make more sense. Yeah, absolutely. But but, yeah. but I mean, Remy says I'm the same as Remy. So I I, I walk back, get in the car, and Radio Scotland about are talking about an offside decision for Kyogo's goal, and it was a disgraceful decision because it wasn't even close to debatable. That was what they were saying on Radio Scotland. They were saying it wasn't even close to being debatable. Now, they then interviewed Robbie Nielsen, and I thought, right, you're majoring on the offside because you realise you've made the right tit of yourself over uh, Gary Mackay, Stephen tripping over his feet and going and getting booked for wanting a penalty for that. And so you've majored on that. And then when I got home and actually saw, I thought, right, so the punters, on the... the, the Experts on Radio Scotland don't understand the offside rule because although Kyogo's in front of the defenders, it's not obvious he's in front of the ball. In mm. fact, he looks dead level with the ball. Yep. The uh... to say for them to be saying it is not even deb- it's so far offside it's not even debatable. That's what they said on Radio Scotland. Yep. Um, 
I, I actually personally, I thought it was offside, but I mean, you know, I'm willing to be persuaded either way. The uh, the other decision... That... You might have thought it was offside, but you, you know it's not yards offside. Oh, no, you know no, yeah, a, no, absolutely. It's a no, really yeah. tight call. I mean, it's one, you know, it could go for you and it could go against you. I've got to be honest, if that was against us, I'd probably have lived with it because... Oh, no, I would have been mad. I would have been oh. mad. Gordon moans about everything, right? Yeah, he did not appeal for anything until Celtic replayed the goal on the big screen, and from the angle, the way they showed it, it's as Harry said, Kyogo was miles in front of defenders, so he looked offside on that replay, and Gordon went berserk. He's up with the linesman going mental. He had not complained when the ball hit the back of the net. The um. While we're on this, there's another decision I'll come to in a minute. But but on this, I mean, I heard it. Craig Levine, who I like, I think he's really good actually as a pundit. But uh, you know, this this decision cost Hearts a game, which is just nonsensical. And said, you know, so Celtic score. If Celtic hadn't scored, Celtic would have played differently for the rest of the match. So so to say that you know this one decision, this one goal, that's it. You know, that's a fact. But the the scoring of the goal changes the dynamic of the game. So it's impossible for anybody to say that. Well, uh, you know, that the game came down to that one incident, to that one goal. Well, it didn't because the scoring of the goal changed the way the game was played. Uh, the other thing is Celtic should have been about should have won a, should have been three or four up at halftime. James Forrest missed an absolute sitter. Um, yep. Uh, From a good howler. Um, Anyway, I want to come to so this. Is all building up to Crawford Allen. So the other decision that, that seemed to uh, agitate people was uh, when Madden uh, stopped a game when Yota pu- pulled his hamstring. Uh, but you, our great pal Ewan was going on, or J- Jambo Ewan uh, was going on about this. You know, it wasn't exactly a game changer, as I recall, Harry. It happened in the middle of the park, didn't it? In fact, it happened in the Celtic half. Uh, the, the the whole thing about hearts bleating and people connected with hearts bleating about stuff. For me, the thing that really bugs me about it is we scored a perfectly valid goal at Tynecastle. Well, that is well in the first game of the season. Yes. Yep. And Andy Halliday had a red card tackle on Callum McGregor that he didn't get red carded for because Bobby's his mate for a podcast. Um. So yeah, so you have these two decisions, and it's whipped into this this frenzy. Uh, you have to wonder why. I wonder what what's the motivation here, Harry? Have you any idea? Have you any theories? Right. So just to clarify, we just spent a while talking about how fantastic Celtic are playing football. Rangers have lost their manager. The winners of Scottish top flight go straight into the Champions League. Rangers have had a going concern issue on their accounts. Now I can't work out what the <laughs> I can't work out what the motivation is here. Is it, uh, uh, I need I need Columbo in here to help me out on this. <laughs> Just one more thing. Just one more thing. So so we have the so this is the backdrop, okay? And then we have it the, the arrival of on the scene of Crawford Allen. I'm always suspicious of guys who've got two Christian names is their full name. It's the West of Scotland. It's the West of Scotland. Who in the West of Scotland called Crawford Allen? I I suspect 
we could just go to Celtic just now and say, can you just do a review of the 52,500 season book holders? Anybody <laughs> yeah. with a first name? Crawford, Crawford. was on it. He was my year at school, I can assure you. So, but, so he, what's his official title, Harry? Is he the, he's the head of the Scottish Referees Association or what he's got an official title? I should have looked it up before we started. But anyway, he's the boy in charge of the referees in Scotland. Appears on Radio Scotland. I don't know who was doing the interview. Was it was it Kenny Mack? Was it Kenny McIntyre, Harry? Did you hear the interview as it went out? I, I think it was Kenny McIntyre, right. that, that neutral journalist, no, no. Kenny McIntyre, no, no. Whose, uh, whose editor is the neutral Richard Wilson. Yes, yes. Well, I think it was no, him. no. But, well, hang on a second, right? Uh, I've noticed uh, Kenny uh, is a died-in-the-wool Rangers fan, but he's I think he's a brilliant journalist. Uh, and he, uh, Kenny is not motivated by any... I swear to God, he's not. Uh, the only agenda that Kenny McIntyre has is he just wants to make mischief. And he's brilliant at it. He's absolutely... He's like his father. His father, the late, great Kenny McIntyre, was the BBC Scotland, Radio Scotland's political editor. And he was brilliant at the same kind of stuff. And Kenny's right out of the same. So I'm going to stick up for Kenny McIntyre. But uh, not for Crawford Allen. So Kenny gets him to say... Oh, we're presuming it's Kenny... Gets him to admit, quotes, admit that uh, the Kyogo goal was probably offside. And then he, and then he gets to him to admit that the Madden stopping the game uh, because Yota pulled his hamstring or, you know, was a game change. It wasn't, I didn't say that, but, you know, was a, a moment of significance in the game when clearly it wasn't. Um, the head of the referees, again, I might not be paying close attention here, Harry, but the head of the referees, is he on the radio a lot commenting on individual uh, decisions? <laughs> have I missed Have I missed him, his regular uh, appearances? Well, you, you and I have missed his regular appearances. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, say that again, Harry. You, you, you and I have both missed his regular appearances. Then. Yeah, have you, uh, have you seen, have seen or heard of this character uh, talking on individual decisions, Remy? Absolutely not. Uh, any thoughts on the um, on you know whether or not this is a good thing for the head of the referees to be talking on individual individual decisions? They didn't bring him on after uh, Aberdeen conceded a soft penalty at Ibrox, and they didn't bring him on after uh, Fashion Sakala scored an offside goal against Motherwell. Um, so it's quite interesting how this blatantly offside goal, which no referee or linesman could miss has become the, the talking point in Scottish football for four or five days and then some other ref you know, who the National tweeted out and deleted it that you know, Kyogo was a cheat. There's a, there's a serious agenda here and, and I, think, I think Harry might be onto something with the going concern in Champions League money. The, um, come back to you in a sec, Harry. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, firstly... BBC didn't persuade him. He came on. He's a, you know, Crawford Allen decides when he goes on. And Crawford Allen decides what he wants to talk about. Now, you have to ask the question, why Why would he have come on in this instance? And why would he have been prepared to talk about these individual instances in this one game? I, I, you know, Do you know the more hilarious thing was he didn't see the game live. He hadn't seen the game. He was on holiday. So why is he coming on? Um, he'd have watched the highlights or something, but he didn't see the game yeah. as it happened. 
But I, I, I mean, I know we're having a laugh here, but I, I think there's a serious issue at play here, uh, Harry. And I'm not a big conspiracy. I'm a, probably a kind of level-headed, you know, Celtic fan, big Celtic fan, but kind of level-headed about it. But this I'm is paranoid. This is absolutely incensed me. I, am I? Am I again? Am I missing something, or am I going over the top here? No, because so you, again to go down the non-conspiracy concept, right? So see. He'd already been invited on prior to the game and he'd been booked in prior to the game and he thought it wouldn't be a good idea to cancel on this. So he decides to still go on. Simplest thing in the world is to say, when he's asked about that, look, you cannot expect me to comment on individual Boom. incidents, so I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do that. Absolutely bang on. You know, I'm presuming Crawford Allen has had some kind of media training uh, yeah, you... and then you say, and then you go on to talk about VAR if that's coming or the challenges of a referee and the linesman making split second decisions. I'm not going to make an individual uh, comment on individual incidents. I will say that the the pace of a modern football game, and you look out the stats for this because I know they exist. I can't remember them off the top of the head, but I know they kick about. The modern football game is played X percent faster than it was just 20 years ago. Uh, our referees are incredibly fit. And they're going about a football field, and that's why you know countries with more money than we have have brought in VAR because it's impossible to make people expect people to make a hundred percent correct decisions all the time. If you know, if you want to even go further than just I'm not going to comment on individual decisions, then you've <laughs> you've said stuff without saying anything. You, you can and you can talk for hours on other stuff, hours. But the point again is he's asked about one decision, and then he goes and talks about another one. This is, I, I, you know, he is not an unsmart person. I mean, clearly isn't. Uh, so these are decisions. He has consciously made a decision to talk about this stuff. I think it's. Uh, I mean, again, I'm not. I've considered myself to be fairly level-headed. I think this is a resigning issue. I think, and I cannot. Well, hang on a second. It's certainly a resigning issue. Uh, certainly, at the very, very least, it's an apology issue. I mean, he should be apologising to both teams. I mean, I'm sure Hearts don't want the apology, but, you know, I don't care what they want. Uh, but Celtic should certainly be, as you know, are certainly what worthy. Well, for for commenting on individual, individual decisions, something which he has never done in the past, rightly so, and all of a sudden he chooses to talk about to, to talk about an individual decision now, not once but twice, and of course both decisions are were were quotes and quotes in favour of Celtic. It's uh, I'm, I'm, I mean I saw um, Celtic were having a go. It's was it Les Deans or something. I, I'm surprised yeah. that Celtic have Celtic said anything on on uh, Crawford Allen stuff. Uh, Harry, have you seen anything? No, we've not commented on Crawford Allen stuff. Um, I, I mean, I th I think. Sometimes fans are Celtic need to make a statement. And oh, but, I get, uh, no, no, yeah. Sorry, go on. Sorry. I, I was going to say I, I'm not a big fan of that because we take the piss out of Rangers when they were yeah. statement a clock club. Yeah. So and 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 really, what what you're going to do? Hi, we're really annoyed about people talking about us. So going to stop doing it. I mean, it just comes across as really infantile, petty, and then actually it augments this, ferments the story, and keeps it going. Actually, if Celtic comment on it, it actually makes the story then last six days instead of four. But you're right. Crawford Allen should be writing 
to, even if it's just a, a letter to Celtic saying, look, apologise, uh, get caught out, and by commenting on an, on an individual decision, I've uh, created a media storm around around uh, one one game, and that shouldn't be happening, and I apologise for that. Well, absolutely. Um, so there is that, but, but evidently, maybe it's been done privately. Um, what do you think chances of that are? I'm guessing if it was privately, I'm guessing it would have been made public somehow. So that's why he hasn't done it. Uh, anyway, I thought the guy should have resigned. At the very least, he should have issued an apology. Um but fair play to uh, Kenny McIntyre for causing a bit of mischief. I think it's all as to the gate of the nation. Um, the other thing that came out of this is uh, this attack on um, Kyogo Furuhashi. Uh, Remy, uh, it seems that he's the biggest cheat in the history of football. Uh, uh, it seems a. Uh, I don't know what this is based on. Have you any idea? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming this one is uh, relates to the. Suter Nippingham, um, which and he went down and he he pointed it out to Suter and the ref, so because he had the uh, he had marks on his torso, and you saw in the reap. I mean, at the game, I didn't know what had happened. Um, I just saw that he was down and he was sort of remonstrating and pointing, you know. And and what Suter did, I mean, it's not a penalty because the ball's out of play. But he could quite easily have been red carded for that. Because you can still get a red card when the ball's out of play. So I don't understand. I actually don't understand why that one wasn't sent to the compliance officer. The, um, but it's been out that Kyogo cheated. And he didn't. When I saw that, I saw the video originally. I think it's some Rangers fan put... And it was like, you know, Kyogo has got, you know, balance issues. And I was like, ha ha, whatever. But then you, you know, subsequently you see what actually happened. Suter grabbed him in this, you know, by the skin, pulled him over, looked pretty sore. And that all became clear for anybody who was following this issue or this incident on, on social media. So I, I'm following the arc of the story and I'm thinking, okay, Kyogo got caught. Oh, hang on a second. Kyogo's actually been assaulted by John Suter. And I'm thinking, well, that'll change the narrative. Uh, you know, people's John Suter will get it in the neck for you know behaving like some some boy from River Plate or something, 1967 or whatever. Um, and uh, but lo and behold, the the story is ratcheted up. But it's Kyogo Furuhashi who's now the the villain of the piece. And meanwhile, John Suter, who'd actually been guilty of the bad behaviour, escapes scot scot free. Of course, he's a darling of all the, the Scottish uh, media. He seems like a nice lad and all that. And you know, you want to root for him. But uh, meanwhile, the, the, the Japanese boy who has no friends in the Scottish media is, can is, I, is getting buried. Can I just interject? Yep. Can I just interject? I will never root for a Hearts player. Oh, well, there, there you so. go. Uh, I, I, you have a view on any of this, Harry? Any Again, why, I guess, Furuhashi's effectiveness is causing trouble for some people? Um. Well, I don't know why um, we would <laughs> cast aspersions on a, on a foreigner, because you know that they're all cheats anyway, especially the slanty-eyed ones. They're all cheats. For me, there is a complete undercurrent of racism in this. That That's that that's for me. We know what these sleek Johnny foreigners are like. That's the whole undertone of this. Chucking into the mix the fact that, actually, he's a bloody good player and he's going to cause problems, so we need to deal with that. And it, it's, it follows on from the week before when he went down holding his face 
and nothing get done about it when I think was it Bates or whatever the Aberdeen player has punched him in the face. The camera behind the goal showed that he punched him in the face. Whether it was intentional or not, it's difficult to tell. But he definitely punched him in the face. So two games in a row, accusation that he went down a bit too easily. It's starting to create it's that drip, drip of, look, he's just one of those typical foreigners who just goes down a bit too easily. Scores offside goals and then on Sunday he's caught offside or judged offside when he's not offside. The um, Again, uh, so just going back to the Crawford Allen, and again, my favourite Celtic fall on Twitter right now is, is um, Alan Morrison, I think his name is. It's Celtic by numbers. You've got to follow him. If you're not following him, you've, you've got to follow him. So I was listening to Alan on a podcast at the weekend and he came up with this astonishing stat. Celtic uh, called offside uh, this season 1.75 times on per game on average. Uh, on Sunday uh, against Dundee United, uh, the day after the Crawford Allen intervention, Celtic are called offside seven times on Sunday and four of them are clearly not offside. The point being is that these interventions matter. They have consequences. So the fact that Crawford Allen's gone on bleating about an allegedly offside goal for Celtic has a consequences because the guys that he is supervising are looking to him and look, listening to what he's saying and they thought, oh, well, I better, you know, I want to, you know, curry favour with the boss. So lo and behold, you have these ludicrous offside decisions against Celtic on Sunday. Now, the, the upshot of the the Ferrari around Furuhashi, you can guess what that's going to be. You know, I guarantee in the next game or the next couple of games, Furuhashi will be booked for simulation. Uh, and he'll be caught offside. He'll have a goal disallowed where he was miles onside. Uh, and it won't be... And we've got two massive games coming up. Uh, so this stuff has consequences and that's why it's kind of incensed me. Uh, I will, I will uh, say one thing. Lawrence, on Sunday I appealed for offside a few times when I knew he wasn't because I was sitting in with the Dundee United fans. <laughs> did you... Uh, London, you're offside! You're offside! I got away with it, I think. Did, Harry, did you did you notice the offsides on Sunday? Did, it, did they strike you as peculiar or did you... Did they just no, it? no, I noticed that we were getting, getting caught offside but it gets back to the point that you're alluding to there that I wrote a thing about last week. It creates a culture... For me, it's not a conspiracy. Conspiracy, everybody gets together, let's say, and do this. It creates a culture. And, it, and somebody used the great, somebody in football used the great phrase to me last week, which I borrowed and copied. It's not so much that our referees are shit. It's our referees are shit scared of making a decision that impacts on Rangers. Uh, well, why would because that... of the culture. Because of the culture that's then created. Can you sort of expand on that? Explain that? Explain what you, the point you made in your piece? Well, so, and this comes directly from a colleague of mine. Okay, this is 15 years ago, but it's still relevant. Some of the people are in and around the game still. It was a colleague of mine who was an official at the top flight, and he was a Celtic fan. You know, we didn't talk that much about football, didn't think it was right to, to you know, impose upon him. But I remember having a conversation about, I think he'd been at... There's not there's so so many games it doesn't pinpoint. There was a game at Rugby Park where he given a Celtic player offside, and he was offside, but it was marginal. And if he'd given him on, he was clean through on goal or whatever. And I pulled his leg the, 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 that week, and he and he said, "Look, by the time you're up at officiating at the top flight level, you've been doing it for so long 
that it's automatic. You make the decision because it's just automatic. You you do it and you think about the consequences of your team afterwards. And then I said, well, you know, about um, decisions that, that, that I always feel that decisions that are beneficial to Celtic or detrimental to Rangers are less likely to happen. And he said, well, funnily enough, we, we you know, we had a meet up and um, he wasn't one of the elite ones. So the sort of elite ones go off on their own and the bulk of the linesmen and, and referees are, are all training together. And they were having conversations about this principle of decisions and they all agreed that a decision that benefited Cell, as we have seen this week, comparing our offside against Kyogo with the offside that we didn't, that was wrongly given at Tynecastle, a decision that positively benefits Celtic or negatively impacts on Rangers is discussed at greater length in the media afterwards than vice versa. As a consequence, they all agreed that there was a subconscious element of you were aware that you'd be torn apart as an official if you got this wrong. You hesitated for that split moment. The nature of football is that hesitation, the ball moves on. It's much more difficult when you replay it in your head. It's much more difficult to bring the play back. And therefore, those marginal calls are more likely to pass by if they benefit Celtic detrimental to Rangers than the other way around. And that's part of the general culture around our game, was his, was his point. And to me, that makes more sense than a conspiracy where everybody gets together and says, right, this season really matters to us and we're going to do this. It's more just about a general culture. Um, yeah. Uh, and again, I consider us to be pretty reasonable people. Uh, we don't, we've been doing this podcast a long time over the years. You're, you, you're doing the, the Celtic Underground podcast as well, Harry. You don't come on there and start slagging off referees and officials for. You know, it's a very rare event when that happens. Certainly, if my memory serves right. But I, I, again, the, the, this atmosphere that's been created right now is is ridiculous. It's uh, it's again the Crawford Allen thing is. I mean, that's right to me. It's not quite as bad as Jim Farry, but it's certainly in the kind of same sort of ballpark. Uh, am I going over the top on that, Rem? I mean, I can't. I don't think it's as bad as the Jim Farry no, thing. I, I know. I, I said that, but it's I, you know, it's in no. this. You know, it's from the same kind of playbook. Well, I, I mean, it is. I mean, uh, and and one of the, I think that's why I, I am, I mean, VAR can, if VAR's used properly, and it, you know, in England, or in the Champions League, if they say a goal is offside by VAR, nobody complains anymore. Yeah. Because they know that VAR is correct. Right. They can maybe still have a moan about red cards and stuff like that, but. And you know you see some absolute shockers in VAR where they don't give a penalty or a red card when you think it's a formality, but it gets the offsides right. Now, if we get the offsides decisions correct, that will not have a negative impact on us. No, it won't. And that's exactly I'm all in favour of it. The uh, again, just going back to uh, my my pal, my. Uh, uh... The fan Unless boy. Crawford Allen's doing the VAR, obviously. <laughs> um, again, the Celtic by Numbers uh, uh, website, webpage, so celticbynumbers.com.ipage.com, I think it is. It's odd. And you'll find it on his Twitter feed. He does a thing called uh, The Honest Mistake. Every week he has an independent referee, a pal of his in Yorkshire, goes through the, the controversial decisions and kind of gives a, a, a very neutral point of view on what, what the right decisions you know, if the right decision was given and if it wasn't what the correct decision should have been, 
And then uh, Celtic by numbers, again, brilliant mind, this guy. Uh, and takes those and applies these decisions and the ones, you know, the 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 correct decision, he applies them to an expected points table. And so far, you will not be surprised to discover, Harry, because of uh, incorrect decisions, uh, the Rangers' uh, uh, expected points is 2.1 more than the actual points they should have. I mean, I mean, well, Celtics is minus 1.94. So essentially, Rangers have got two more points than they should have, and Celtic got two two points less than they should have. Again, I'm, I hesitate to say entirely unscientific, but actually is a little bit scientific. What's unscientific is the opinion on the decisions. But anyway, the point is well yeah, made. If you take, if you take, I mean, we won the game against Aberdeen. Right at the game, I thought their penalty was a stone wall penalty. Oh, some somebody in a group million chat, years. About somebody in a group chat that Harry and I were in was obviously had seen it in the TV, and he said it was never a penalty, and he was correct. Never. That was never a penalty. Now that goes to to VAR. You would imagine that that penalty would have been overturned. Of course. Now we we won two one, but we we, we would probably have won a bit easier because that gave the you know goals change games, and that gave Aberdeen a bit of hope. And it made them play a bit better, but it was never a penalty. That was a totally wrong decision. And and, and, you know, and, and there's no consequence for that. Um, is that he your point? Did Crawford Allen mention that one when he was on? I bet he didn't. And see, see your point, Lawrence, about you and Murray saying you know major that was the major decision that that, that lost Hearts the game. And there's but and and Ange made the great point of there was lots of decisions in that game, yes. right? And and this is the other thing that for me about decisions that because there was a guy who after I tweeted my, put my article up there was a Rangers fan then came on with stats that he then missed the point I can be asked having an argument and discussion with him but here's an here's a, a a point I would make right so seeing the second league game we lost under Brendan Rodgers was at Rugby Park I think Malumbo scored the goal whatever yep. his name was yeah Oh, yeah. So, so I, this is the thing I remember. I was at the. Can you remember the name of the stands at Rugby Park? So I was at one of the stands behind the goal that we the the, the goal the, the stand where we lost the goal at. So we were we were attacking this stand in the in the first half, right? So the thing I remember, oh, the thing I remember about it, off it, uh, the stand. I know we were attacking the other stand. Sorry, in the first half, it was the other way around, right? We were attacking the other stand, right? So we were defending this stand in the first half. And the thing I remember about this game is, see if you look at the statistics of that game. Cut Broadfoot, get booked. Right, fine, but cut. We had we were defending a corner. Commander had a corner, and we came away running away. And Scott Sinclair was at the halfway line. Scott Sinclair breaks away. Cut Broadfoot just pulls him down. All booking every day of the week. We get a free kick and no booking. Right. And it's early on in the game. At this point, it's nil-nil. And it pisses me off. So it makes me start counting how many times cut Broadfoot. And he commits the same foul a further six times. And the final time he's booked for it is in the 89th minute. Yeah. Right? So if you look at the stats, what you complain about? Cut Broadfoot, get booked. Aye. But you get booked in the 89th minute when we were 1-0 down. See if he'd been booked in the whatever minute it was, the 10th, 12th minute, whatever the minute it was. He would then, on the five other, or the six other occasions, he would have had two options. Let Scott Sinclair go and be clean through on goal. 
or bring him down and get sent off and Kamarnik are down to 10 men. And that, for me, is one of the wee insidious bits yeah. about the way that we get refereed. It is those types of decisions that we eventually do get it. But we get it in the 80s. It's getting my point that I always go on about uh, sympathy, rep- sympathy refereeing that teams get. I mean, Hearts kicked us about... Hearts were Hearts last Thursday and kicked us yeah. about the park. And I said no, to my nephew they- after after 10 minutes, I said, see the first player to get booked in this game will be a Celtic player. And in something like the 80th minute, first booking of the game was a Celtic player. Yep. No, you- Hearts get no bookings in that game. Now, Montgomery's tackle to me was a bookable a tackle. I don't... I actually don't have an issue with Montgomery getting booked if everybody else is getting booked for the same offence. But they weren't. The, um, Somebody went through the back of Kyogo in the first half down in front of the North Stand. One of those tackles for the 70s or 80s. You could go right through the back of the guy and you would get ticked off. In the modern game, it's at least a yellow guy get away with it. Not even spoken to. Shocking tackle. And I agree with Harry. With, with you know... Some of the, t- you know, the the classic one with a guy getting away with loads of fouls was Majid Bagheera and Robbie Keane. And I think that was one of the, the reasons Robbie Keane said, I'm never coming back here. He went through the back of him about six times without getting booked. And the uh, refereeing. And that's why, that's why they, they struggle in Europe when they get refereed to the same standard as everybody else. Four sendings off in the last eight games. The... Um... I was ranting away some social media and a couple of people came back to me and said, well, you know, the wee clubs, you know, well, Robbie Nielsen was at it. You know, it's Glasgow. We don't get those decisions. It's Glasgow. It's, you know, so this, I want to nail this bit, Harry, that... Uh, so it's tight cast in Glasgow because well, he didn't get, a, no, but get it, an offside goal ba- basically, But basically what he's saying is that you play Celtic and or Rangers, uh, the the wee clubs, quotes and quotes, the wee clubs don't get the decisions. It's Glasgow. Uh, so th- this to me is absolute rubbish. Um, so so a guy said to me, and I said, the tackle, the butcher tackle on David Turnbull at the weekend, can you imagine, even if it was, let's for instance say it's, uh, if uh, Morellis had put that tackle on a player, there would have been bedlam. There would have been bedlam. You, you know, the point being that the, the, the this complaint from the wee diddy clubs or whatever you want to call them, that they get, uh, they get the worst of refereeing decisions. I think it's the opposite. They get away with murder. They're great. They're refed on a curve. I think I've heard you say this before as well, Harry. Yeah. So I've mentioned the principle of sympathy refereeing, where yes, I think referees look at it and go, "Ach well, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's um, whatever team St Mirren, and they're already two 0 down after ten minutes at Celtic Park. You know, I, I don't really need to send this guy off. It was bad enough for them. That sort of culture." I think exists. So I've had that idea for a while and I would urge anyone to listen to, I think it's just the first episode of the Against the Rules podcast by Michael Lewis. He talks about the issue that the NBA had. Now this was principally about was the bias refereeing against black players? And the whole point was the NBA took a step back and said, well, this is probably an unconscious bias. So if it's an unconscious bias, it's really difficult to know that for people to know that they're doing it because it's not intentional, blah, 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 blah. And they did research, and I think it was Michigan University did the research into it. But one of the side effects of that was they found that in the last quarter of basketball games, the losing team got more decisions in their favour. And particularly the losing team playing away from home against a much superior side. So the concept of sympathy refereeing 
it's that I have thought for a while. It's not some magical concept. There's the the NBA in a, in America analyzed the referees, obviously looking for one prejudice, but they found another one, which is the very thing that I think goes on at Celtic Park every week. And I know that it was a, we were playing away, but in what universe is the tackle on Turnbull not a red card? If not, that I think we were 2 0 up, or we might have been 3 0 up at the time. Two, it was two, right? You've got a referee, a linesman, and a fourth official. It's, it's, How could one of them see that? I, I mean, so what other motivation can there be other than, not that this against Celtic are involved, it's, you know, it's, it's sympathy refereeing. So let's nail once and for all this garbage that the, uh, if anything, this, again, I hate saying this, the smaller clubs get the benefit of refereeing. They get the benefit of the refereeing. Uh, and that was a case in point. That and, guy Butcher got a three-game yeah. ban, didn't he? The guy should have been kicked out of football for life. I mean, well, that was he's, a... he's just back from a two-game ban from uh, grabbing a guy by the balls against Aberdeen. He gets sent off for that. Now, the thing about... he get, If he gets sent off... I can't, I can't remember how long he'd been played in the game. Let's say 70 minutes. We would have had 20 minutes against 10 men that were running all over the park. We could have maybe stuck in three, four goals in those 20 minutes. We didn't get the opportunity to play no. against 10 men. No. Nope. You know, we, we, so we, we we get no benefit. I mean, I'm happy to say Turnbull didn't get seriously injured cause, and he's very lucky he didn't. But we get no benefit. We, we still played against 11 men. You know, now, he, he he's not able to play against somebody for three years, which, you know, isn't a bad thing because the guy's a thug. He, he's, a, he's a shocking player. I mean, it's not like he's a young boy. He's about thirty, so he's a he's he's an Alan Power. He's just a horrible, horrible player. It's better he doesn't play against because he will hurt somebody. But we we're not getting the benefit. Harry, how many how many retrospective red cards have there been after Celtic games? I can't think of any actually. And I'm sure there's about six or seven. I mean, maybe Scott McKenna's. Oh, Scott no, McKenna. sorry. I, I thought you mean Celtic players getting retrospective no, no, sorry, red cards. Sorry, I was meaning. No, we get. I mean, right, against us, you know, red card uh-huh. tackles, they get yellows. Oh, retrospective on the Monday, three game ban. We're not getting the benefit yes. of any of these decisions. And then on the other hand, Rangers are. Was it. What's the date today? 18. So Rangers are exactly 21 days away from the two-year anniversary of their last red card in domestic football. And yet, during that time, I think they've had four retrospective red cards in yeah. tight games. I, 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 I kind of slightly want to get away from the fact that, we, that they get refed more advantageously than we do. My, my point is, is more about this Crawford Allen stuff and the the painting of this narrative of which the head of the referees is part of I uh, and it needs to be it needs to be stopped it needs to be halted in its tracks now I get what you're saying Harry about you don't want the statement of clock stuff but I, I would be very disappointed if, if at least behind the scenes Celtic are are are, are going hard on this I mean because this this has to be reversed I mean, this has to be at least stopped in its track, if not reversed, because it, it can be damaging. It can be damaging the sense, you know, in a sporting sense, but it's it's ridiculous. So uh, hopefully behind the scenes, you know, uh, Michael Nicholson or, or whoever is, 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 you know, talking to people. Hello? 
Hello. Yeah. Oh, right. So yeah. Sorry. I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. What, what's the chances? No chance of that. I mean, you know, you know the the hierarchy there. Well, I mean, obviously not as well as you used to, but uh, you, you know what I mean. You think? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was, I was, I was, well, I, I was talking about that later. Um, no, I, I would say the one thing that I think you might have got from Peter, you might have got publication of a letter that Celtic have sent to the SFA yeah. or something like that. Rather than a statement, you might have got Celtic writing, you know, here's a letter that we've written seeking clarification yes, from the head of refereeing about yeah. why he'd made decided to make a statement on this and not other events. And it will will it now become Celtic are seeking clarification on whether it will now become the norm <laughs> for him to monthly speak on 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 things or you know, something like that. Yeah, I think I'm just interested done. to see there that uh, Peter has joined Graham in the clang first name terms. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. The uh, anyway, uh, that's probably enough about uh, the refereeing. Uh, but hopefully, you know, we can have less of this. Well, certainly, no, no more of this Crawford Allen nonsense, and less of this. You know, uh, we clubs get you know, hard are hard done by. It's Glasgow get lost. Uh, by the way. What was the guy, the Hearts, the former Hearts chairman? Was it Leslie Deans? Did he want the match replayed, Harry? Did you see that? Yeah, he did. He was the one where, where John Paul Taylor then came out and said, um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a pretty... Uh, with, all, with, all, with all these games that are having to be replayed for decisions that went against Celtic. Very good. That was quite good for me. Actually, I saw him, uh, club employee, lashes out at Hearts chairman or something. I was like, oh, get to Good on him. You know, I thought that was... I actually a, thought that was the best way to deal with it. Because we can't come out and make a statement and say, see that guy who used to be connected with Hearts? We don't like him talking about it. So actually, that was the best way to deal with it. Just treat it with contempt and, and yeah. take the piss out of it. The um, Of course, it's presented as some great scandal in the in the papers. The uh, Yeah, they must have got that boy after a long okay, lunch. I'll send this. Um, anyway, so uh, I guess that's probably enough of the refereeing. What about the, uh, the games coming up? Uh, got a game. Uh, you, I'm presuming you're both going. It's not a dead rubber to you, Rennie, is it, uh, Real Betis? Yeah, well, it is a dead rubber, I'm afraid. Um, and I'm hoping uh, that we play as few of our first team players as possible. Um, and I and I am going with no expectations. Yeah. Uh... I'd like to see some of the younger or the fringe players getting a chance. I've got to be honest. I'd give you the first half in goals, and I'd give Harry the second half. <laughs> Well, but, um, yeah. but it's just I, I, I just I don't want to see us risking Kyogo or you know McGregor or you know or obviously Carter Vickers isn't going to play because he's suspended. But there are players. I mean, Taylor needs a game, you know. But but and there are players that maybe need a game. But we we you know McCarthy, we can't play the big hitters. Yeah. Um, obviously, Yota's out, but we need to. If we lose three nothing, so what? Uh, I, I won't be, I won't be criticising them unless he plays the first team. But we, we really should. We're through. We aren't going to get any better. I know there's some money in it for the points. Can't you see Betis being overly motivated either? Um, it's just one of these. Yeah, you know, it's a European game. You've already paid for the ticket. You might as well go along. What else are you going to do on a Thursday night? The uh, what a difference eight minutes makes. If that eight minutes hadn't happened in, uh, in Leverkusen, then we would we might have this might have been a big game. We might have been very very excited for tomorrow night. Here, uh, very quickly on this, Harry, assessment of the European campaign. Should we be bothered about the European Conference League? 
Yeah, because I, th- I don't think the coefficient points are that dissimilar in the Europa League, it's a bit, as they are in the Conference League, if they're not the same. And the money's not massively different in the Conference League to the Europa League. Uh-huh. Obviously, it's a huge difference in Europa and, and the Champions League. So, yeah, I think uh, if we can get, uh, if if we get a good draw, um, and could get two or three rounds, you know, could get a couple of games in, money in the bank, to be spent next summer. Absolutely, that's a yep. positive too. Yep. Absolutely, I, I agree 100%. Uh, although, you know, this is one of the, the things that Harry and I do agree on constantly. European football is vital for Celtic. And the further we go in this tournament, the better. The uh, Turns out the draw was, a, was quite a tricky draw. I don't, are Leverkusen, I think, are they third or fourth? And Betis are up to third in the Spanish league. So it was quite a tough draw. Looking back, it was a, a you know... Quite a hard draw. I mean, considering, considering our seeding, we got a, a Snyder a draw. A Snyder. Got to be honest, I, I expected us to, you know, the the, the whole, t- to me, from the start of the group, the, it was coming down to the Ferns Faros games. Yeah. Could we get the better of them and get into the conference? And, he, and he's done that. He's done it pretty convincingly. We deserve to win both games against Ferns Faros. Um, you know, we get, we get hammered by Leverkusen at Parkhead. I mean, I know we could have scored a couple of goals, but they could have scored seven. Um, that that was a, a real doing. Um, it shows you how far off that standard we are. Um, but, you know, teams are working progress. As Harry said, you know, another transfer window coming up. Looks as if we've got some deals pretty well advanced. I think he knows the positions he needs to strengthen. You know, and the, the midfield is key. And it's interesting that we're being linked with midfielders. Um and, you know, I believe that we have the, if we get the transfer window right, we should be winning the league this year and doing well in Europe. And will you then say that Ange Postacoglu was a good appointment? Uh, not necessarily, but I'll be much more in favour of him because Ronnie Dyler won the league and he wasn't a good appointment. But Ronnie Dyler wasn't beating a Rangers, a financially dope Rangers team. So he, he will get praise for me for that, absolutely. What do you think's wrong with Remy, Harry? Any ideas? Oh, it's just that modern way. It's easier to keep saying everything's going to be crap and be proved right than it is to risk uh, being all in. I've just said we can win the league and do well in Europe. So that how that compares to... I think it's your hearing you need tested you to. <laughs> Here, and then finally, a game on Sunday. Uh, Harry, uh, pick our, uh, our first team. Pick our... Best eleven to play Motherwell on Sunday. Yeah, uh, I, I think the team on Sunday will be uh, pretty much along the lines of the, the team that played against uh, started against Dundee United. Well, it will be it'll be Hart and goals. Juranovic at right back, Carter Vickers and Staffelt two centre halves with Taylor at left back. Uh, McGregor, Tumble, Rogic, and um, Forrest. Ooh. Uh, Kyogo and yeah. and, uh, and Mikey Johnson. Is Forrest going to be fit? Well, he's not He's not playing on Thursday. What's interesting, Harry, is uh, Leela Bada or Forrest, who would you start? Is that Forrest? Would you start Forrest? <coughs> well, you think that's a, you think it's, that's a laughable suggestion? It's a total laughable suggestion. Well, I mean, Leela had... is in the same league as James Forrest. Well, even the Forest, who's currently showing up, I mean, can't can't go past a player. 
I mean, obviously... He's still, yeah, still a better player than Leela Bader. Mm. Leela Bader can't get past a player. Yeah. And he's 19. I, I mean, he's 19. He had a great start. You know, he's tailed off a bit. He needs rested a wee bit and brought back, you know, like he did on Sunday. Come on as a sub. When the game's won, he looked a lot better on Sunday because we're not bringing him on to try and win the game. But Forrest's a far better player than him. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I just think it's a matter up for a debate. Uh, the other one is... A bad skill set is his pace. So when we're playing away from home in Europe, Jota Kyogo and, and Abada, that front three in a counter-attacking style of football is fantastic. And then, but, you know, we talked earlier about the issue with teams that sit in in the SPL. Well, that's a challenge for Abada because his only skill set is to get the ball in over the top and behind it and beat people for pace. Well, if if there's no space in behind because they're sitting in, then he can't beat them for pace. Yeah. Uh, I, I like him though. I think he's got a goal in him. Uh, I wonder if he'll play in, uh, in the central f- uh, front row uh, for Kyogo on Thursday night. They might give him some time there. Uh, keep Kyogo uh, under, under wraps. The uh, the other thing, Harry, um, what's our best... Um, our, if everybody's fit, what's our best back four? Who would you... What, I mean, that's a, that's becoming an issue now. Do you know, I was thinking about this the weekend because I, I, I was thinking about how probably this injury's come at just the wrong time for Anthony Ralston. Because I was thinking about in an ideal world, you don't have a right-footed right-back and a right-footed left-back. You have uh, Juranovic at, at right-back and in an ideal world, you have a proper left-back at left-back. And the problem will be if we go and sign the people they're talking about us signing the January transfer window, we may be signing a new left-back and then that's Anthony Ralston out of the team. And what I really like about Anthony, what I've really liked about Anthony Ralston this season is he has worked really, really, really hard to be a better player. Yeah. And and that from, you know, again, getting back to, you know, you and I read stuff about growth mindset and fixed mindset. Yeah. There's someone with a growth mindset and football fans can be dreadful for having a fixed mindset of deciding the standard of a player at 21, you know, and there's a guy who's, and I'm not saying he's fantastic and I'm not saying, I, I, I think in, we've seen his limitations when we played in Europe. I think he's, he's, I don't think those limitations are, are exhibited in domestic football. And I've thought, there's a guy who's worked his socks off to be the best he can be, and he deserves to get the best chance he can. And I think he's just going to be really unfortunate at the timing of the January transfer window and his injuries. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I, I, I agree with you. He's been, he's been very good in the SPFL. Uh, he's not so good in Europe. Um, but, you know, domestically, he has been really good. The, the thing for Ralston is that He's, he is in a position that, unfortunately, he would win the, the, the trophy that every football player didn't want at the end of the season, which is the most improved player, because that, that's where he is. Uh, he's been really good. He's actually been better at right-back than Juranovic has, but I think Juranovic, as, as Harry says, he's now got four or five weeks with no pressure. He should make that position his own. We do need a left-back. That's, that's guaranteed. So that the, the back four should be Juranovic, Carter Vickers, Starfield, and a new left back. Uh, does Julian not get in that team? Julian's not going to be playing this season, I don't think. Wow, that, that injury. He might be done. That'll be two years almost, wasn't it? A year and a half at least. It's a year, it's a year. He's, a, he's been out a year in December because it was a year before the New Year's game last year. I don't. I, I think he's going to struggle to get fit for the, the rest of this season. So 
you know, he's, he's, you can't just come straight into the team, but an injury that bad, he's going to need at least five or six games before he's going to be ready to even start a first team game. And how do you and play then as, as I said in a, in a WhatsApp group that Remy's in, the, the, the issue then becomes it's a Celtic career ending injury because yes. if he's not going to be back until March, April, then that makes it likely that um, Ange decides he needs another centre-half. So then he has signed three centre-halves. What manager, then, having signed three centre-halves, plays a centre-half that's already there? Unless unless the three are that's absolutely horrendous. Yeah. The, the only, I mean, the only possibility is that maybe Carter Vickers doesn't sign permanently. But, you know, I, I, I hope we do sign him permanently. Yeah, two questions to finish on. One, how could how come I can't get into this WhatsApp group that you're always in? It's for special people. Peter.lawwell at hotmail.com. He's in it. Michael.nicholson at hotmail.com. That is. I believe you bin Dominic Mackay out as well, Harry. That was shocking. <laughs> the, the, uh, that is one of the all-time great jokes, I have to say, Rem. That was an absolute beauty. Uh, so, so that was my first question. How do I get into this WhatsApp group? And the other uh, um, Sunday's game, actually, we can <laughs> we can have one prediction each. Uh, Remy Real Betis against Celtic score prediction. Three-one uh, to them. Really? Wow understand why they're not they're not trapping they're not interested how will they beat us 3-1 at home I can't imagine are we going to be interested yeah but we're at home we'll probably, you know you get in the atmosphere they might be in goals I, we have to stop this European atmosphere myth <laughs> oh really we really do we really do it has to stop I think it's a we're, week it's a we've been it's, for years at home in Europe no now. no but I meant yeah but as a player, I'm not. I'm not denying we've been getting scudded at home. But as a player, you're playing in a, a night time. The lights are on. It's entirely different to a Saturday afternoon game. Entirely different. Um, and yeah, absolutely, you know, absolutely. I mean, but the thing is, if if you if we pick the team or the the sort of team I'd like to see, you know, I would Montgomery and all these guys and Mikey Joy, these should all be playing. So I don't know that that team will be good enough for the Real Betis yeah. second team. Uh, and Sunday, they've got, a, they've got a huge squad, and they've got some really good players that are reserves for them. Uh, Sunday, Harry Celtic Motherwell. Uh, I think it will be two 0 or three 0 Celtic. Two? I thought you were going to give it eleven nil or something. You got this? You got this? No, no, no. I, I actually think because of this thing of teams coming in and just sitting in Celtic Park, I actually think we're more likely to score a bar load of goals away from home at the moment. Um, yep. Uh, the scorers and the times of the goals, Harry, have you got those as well? Uh, I think we will score <laughs> after uh, 22 minutes yeah. and that will be James Forrest. He'll turn round, he'll point at the camera, he'll open up and it will say, and he'll have a T-shirt underneath that says, Forrest on fire. <laughs> uh, that's what you launch. And then it will be uh, Kyogo in the 84th minute. There you go. Okay. Right. From an Position offside, obviously, and we'll get Crawford Allen will be on Sports Sound or what's it called? Is it Sports Sound? Yes, yeah, whatever it is, on the Sunday night, the Monday night with Kenny McIntyre saying that's a disgrace. Celtic should should forfeit the game and go back and play with nine men. Anyway, uh, brilliant to have you on, Harry. Uh, thanks for uh, for chipping up. That was a, taking an hour and twenty minutes. Wow. Listen, good to talk to you, pal. Talk to you again soon. Cheers, speak to you soon. Remy, all the best, mate. Bye. 
Cheers, Lon. See you soon. Bye. i